So, Numenera, is it a sci-fi? Or is it just fantasy? What does it matter? It's escape from reality. <laughs> Sorry. He was slinging pawns at a B&B when he had an epiphany. And make a part in about time too about not playing the and It was free for all and I heard him say he bought my borderlands. But just sit back and let Spencer do his trick cause you're incapable A-A-M's. Thank you, Mr. T.J. Drennan. Welcome to episode 102 of Keep Off the Borderlands. My name's Spencer, a.k.a. Free Thrall, PDF holder, RPG player, and aspiring GM. So it's been exactly one year since my first episode, A Wild Podcast Appears. And, um, yeah, I'm not really sure what to say about that, but I, I guess it's worth, it's worth noting. Um, I had no real big plans when I started out. I had no idea how long I wanted to be podcasting for. I just, um, felt like putting something out there, documenting my journey. And I just really love putting these episodes together. And that's basically why I'm still here doing it. It's just a just a really enjoyable process for me. So, uh, yeah. Thanks for coming on that journey with me. And if you're a new listener, thanks for joining me. And there's no reason to go back through my back catalogue. But, um, you know, some people have, and I really appreciate that. Really appreciate the feedback. And um, I'm certainly happy to receive messages regarding any past episode or anything you'd like me to speak about going forward i mean nothing's really off limits i think <laughs> i might regret saying that but hey we'll see <laughs> Hello, Spencer, Lonely Adventure. I hear from a little spiked birdie that the 101st episode is actually the new norm uh, for which to congratulate a podcaster on, so congratulations. Uh, I enjoyed Roy's idea of a death mechanic for uh, mitigating or, or, oh, I don't know, not mitigating, but uh, giving you some options on death if you make the save, you're captured instead of just killed outright. Fate does something similar uh, called concession. When it looks like you are about to lose a fight, you can concede the fight. And when you do that before, you are completely reduced uh, in the way of stress and uh, consequences, which is like hit points, I guess. Before you're totally out, you can then kind of, the player gets to narrate how they narrowly escape. Or, or if they are captured, they are captured alive. Uh, whereas me playing the orc, I get to decide if I just cave their skull in once they hit the ground. Uh, of course, fate's a very pulp uh, rule set so it's kind of designed for that sort of the characters never die they just get defeated but uh yeah that's a thought have a great one thank you lonely adventurer 
lonely adventurer there from camping with owl bears, and uh, thanks for the congratulations. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about games where death isn't an option. I mean, Tales from the Loop, I can see why it's done there, but um, to completely remove death from a game of high adventure, even if it is pulpy, maybe I'm just a bit twisted. I still want those stakes, you know? I, I want consequences for um, foolhardy heroics. But I do like the fact that in Fate, the player has the option to narrate how they might avoid being killed, yet you, as the GM, are free to completely overrule that and grind them into the dirt as you see fit. But <laughs> thank you very much for that call. Hey, Josh Beckelheimer here. So, you know, about 95% of the games I run are made up on the fly. I might have like a one-page adventure that I have as like my starting area, or I have a scene set up. Usually if I'm starting a game, it's going to start right in the middle of some kind of danger, combat, something. And usually I just ask questions like, hey, why are you kneeled down at... You know, the chopping block, why is the Minotaur about to cut your head off? And they'll tell you, player might tell you why, hopefully. And then you can ask the other player, so what are you guys about to do before this happens? And then bam, combat starts right into the game. And then from there, you just figure it all out. You know, the players will feed you stuff, and you just go with what they got. Because they like to feel like they are solving a mystery, and it's great for them. And honestly, I think that's the best route you can do is just have like a one-page adventure, one-page dungeon, something, like a good setup where if players do look at you, you have something to look at, to glance at really fast, to spark an idea, and just keep going. Like I said, most players will feed you most of the information that you're going to need to run that game. You just have a starting point and kind of a, a an idea of how it's going to end, like where you want to get the players to. And honestly, for me, it doesn't matter how they get to that point as long as that point gets to, you know. Some people think it's railroading, but if I don't have an actual map or anything or what's going on, they're telling me what to do, but I have an idea of how I want to end it, I don't feel that's railroading. I feel like that's the end of the session or the adventure. Hey Josh, Josh Beckelheimer there from the JB Publishing Podcast. Thank you very much for those messages and I really feel I should have given you a shout out in the last episode. You have played a key role in getting me to seriously consider running things with all your great advice, your one-page dungeons, the stuff on your blog and your, your episodes about anxiety have really been helping me along. Um, as far as railroading is concerned, yeah, it doesn't sound like railroading to me. Railroading is when when there are apparent options available to the players, but there's some arbitrary reason why you won't allow the players to take those options, to do what appears to be feasible from their point of view. It's akin to, say, playing something like Skyrim, and, you know, when you get to the edge of the map and you can see an area that you feel you should be able to get into, yet there's an invisible barrier there. 
all that needs to change there is that that barrier becomes visible. Make it a cliff face, make it a wall. Then I don't feel I'm being robbed as a character because I can see why I can't continue going in that direction. There's an internal logic to it. Hope that makes sense. Thanks for getting in touch, Josh. Arfed here. Uh, just wanted to call in and just say um, congratulations on reaching your one year and 100 episodes on your podcast. Um, also wanted to mention that I've had the uh, privilege of playing online with you a number of times um, over the, the, the few months. And uh, I think that you've certainly grown as a player. I think you've relaxed more online. Uh, and, I, and I think it's certainly made you a better player. So... Um, I'm glad you're getting more into the online gaming, which is great. And uh, if you do go ahead and try your uh, try your hand at you know putting on a game, then if uh, time allows, I would certainly be interested in giving that a try. So keep up the good work and uh, yeah, have fun. Thank you, Arfed, and um, yeah, thank you. Really appreciate you saying that. Um, I haven't played with you nearly as much as I would have liked to. But the fact that in the few games that we've played together, you feel I've grown as a player, that's yeah, that really means a lot for you to say that. And uh, certainly would love to have you in my game. And um, if you're, you're ever considered running anything online, Arfed, I am certainly up for joining that game. So thank you very much, man. Really appreciate that. Cheers. Hey, what's up, Spencer? Thoroughly enjoyed your Dalmatian episode. Damn it, Barney, I was totally going to use that, and then you said it, and so now I can't. But, man, it started off a little rough. Those were some savage backhanded compliments from Shay. But we know he meant well. <laughs> what I'm calling about, though, is I really found it interesting when you were talking about your feelings about D&D just from having read the rules and how those feelings change from when you actually play the game because i i do think there is a great divide between just reading a set of rules and actually playing it i don't think you can get a real feel for a game until you actually play it so i found that just completely fascinating man thank you for sharing that thank you for sharing your uh game notes man it sounds like you're having a great time and that's what's important man uh keep it up love you dude peace out Thank you, Joe. Joe from Hindsightless and Willow Woe. And uh, yeah, love you too, man. Thank you. Um, really, really appreciate that message. There you go, throwing the L word around again. You know they'll be talking about us, don't you? Yeah, I've been having a great time recently. And uh, yeah, I'm not going to let Jay put a dampener on that. <laughs> Although I didn't quite pick up on the level of backhandedness in the message he left me yeah I know he means well <laughs> as for my feelings about playing D&D I still think it's a bit of a stretch to say that I've actually played it having only really experienced Swords and Wizardry Continual Light I've yet to have that more authentic OD&D BX or even 5E you know I can't really say I've played it, but I don't think that undermines my point at all. 
because uh, yeah, that was just a really interesting experience to see these things in action and how that stuff integrates. And I think I said to someone on Discord, it's a bit like looking at a stationary engine, trying to tell if it's working or not, and hearing an engine running. But yeah, thanks for your call, man. I recently had my first experience of playing Numenera. This was being run by Dave Aldrich of Deeper Centile, and it's a system he's very familiar with, although I believe it's been several years since he last ran a session of it. And it's a very interesting system. It's a game very much geared towards making things as easy as possible for the GM. The players role everything. It's their responsibility to know what their characters are capable of. Um, It's quite an involved character creation process. Although I wouldn't say it was complicated. It's just, it's quite different. It struck me as quite different anyway. Essentially a point by system. There are three classes which are Glaive, Nano and Jack, which is essentially fighter, magic user, and thief. So each character has something that they're good at, and they have a focus. So my character was a swift jack who explores dark places. So that uh, suggests certain traits that you have. You can also choose particular abilities. I think they're called tricks. Certainly for the Jack class, anyway. They're referred to as tricks. Essentially a list of special abilities that you can choose from. And you also have skills. There is uh, a list of suggested skills, but pretty much, as far as I'm aware, you can invent whatever skills you like, as as long as that's permitted by the GM. And yes, it did take me a while to create a character, I was a little confused when I attempted to do it by myself. I I put together a very vague idea of the kind of character I wanted. I did require Dave's help in, um, you know, filling the sheet out fully. Each character has an oddity which serves as a potential tool. And it's down to the character as to how they might employ that in a creative way my character basically possessed a chair that was stored in a pocket dimension whenever it wasn't needed i was conjuring up all kinds of scenarios where i might be able to employ that in ways other than simply using it to sit on you also start out with a couple of ciphers which essentially one use items Things like a a grenade that might have a strange area effect or some kind of device that might alter the kind of the physical nature of your surroundings in some way or another. And again, these things, the details of how they work, you know, there's a little bit of wiggle room there, which I like. Also, there are 
these things called GM intrusions, which essentially, as far as I understand it, the GM has the opportunity to add some kind of a effect that you can either accept or buy off using an experience point. But if you accept it, you gain an experience point and you're able to give an experience point to another member of the party. And that's also down to the player to come up with the reasoning behind that. And something else in character creation was interesting. There are certain things in your background that link you to another member of the group in some way or another that might suggest where you are together as a party. The setting's also interesting in that it's kind of the far future. It strikes me as a sort of slightly reminiscent of Dark Sun to me, but I think that might just have been the environment that we immediately found ourselves in. I get the impression that this is a world of very bizarre landscapes. Many empires, civilizations have risen and fallen and the technology level was once much more advanced than it is in the present time that you find yourself. The weapons struck me as quite primitive. There's a certain tribal nature to the groups of people that you encounter. They certainly seem to be at the mercy of the environment to a certain extent. But there are artifacts of bizarre technology that are essentially, it's that, I think it's Arthur C. Clarke quote about technology being so advanced that it's indistinguishable from magic. And that is very much how it feels. And we had a really, yeah, really good fun session. Things got very strange pretty early on and it really wet my appetite. Ended on a bit of a cliffhanger. And I can't wait to get back into that situation and figure out exactly what's going on there. But very, very intriguing setting. I like the system. I did find myself scanning the character sheet quite a bit, but I think that just comes down to unfamiliarity with the system itself. I don't feel that'll be an issue going forward. So yeah, really good experience overall. We did have a little bit of a conversation afterwards around whether it's is it fantasy, is it sci-fi and I'm sure I'm not alone in this but I think my feelings about what constitutes fantasy or sci-fi I'm of the opinion that a lot of what many people regard as sci-fi, I think is far more rooted in fantasy. I tend to think of sci-fi as what most people regard as hard sci-fi. Kind of exploring um, concepts that are kind of extrapolated from current technology, hypothetical implications of sort of quantum theory and metaphysical stuff. As far as fantasy is concerned, I do feel that it tends to deal more with archetypes, the stuff of myth and legend, 
epic adventures, things of prophecy, fate and destiny and all that kind of stuff. I'm quite happy to regard things like Star Wars being far more in the fantasy camp than in sci-fi. I mean, you've got to have a lot more going on than laser guns for something to be sci-fi as far as I'm concerned. Look at Star Wars. It's a classic fairy tale. Farm boy finds out there's a princess trapped in a fortress. Goes to visit a wizard in a cave who tells him he's the chosen one. And then he goes off to confront the Dark Knight and rescue the princess. All were typical fantasy tropes. Obviously, I'm speaking very broadly here in very general terms. And I'd love to hear from folks who might have a different take on that. I do enjoy things that kind of straddle genre. So something like Annihilation, which is, to me, it's sci-fi, horror and fantasy all rolled into one. I very much like things that are on the fringes and quite ambiguous about what's behind what's going on. And, um, yeah, I think Numenera fits the bill there. Well, that's about enough from me, I think. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you so much for your calls. If you want to leave me a message, please contact me via the anchor link in the description. You can always email me or leave me an audio message at spencer.freeforall at gmail.com. There's a Facebook page for Keep Off the Borderlands. You can find me on Twitter and MeWe on the Audio Dungeon Discord and various other places on Discord as Free Thrall. I'd also like to thank TJ Drennan for the wonderful music he provides. And it just remains for me to say, take it away, TJ. Warning, if celebrating the sound of dice hitting the table and pondering the meaning of the many acronyms within your player's handbook doesn't cure that burning sensation, please see your doctor.